This is Spunky. And Snarky. And we say, welcome to the show. Hi, so we're two sisters. That's a podcast of over home because of COVID-19. So we decided to look back on some TV episodes and movies and just kind of give our commentary on them. We're also going to be talking about your childhood memories and time periods and certain things that are batshit crazy about the episodes and why we like them. Yeah. I love, like, time capsule episodes and that they'll only be made in a certain period and stuff like that. In our show, we're going to take a look at certain episodes of movies that are iconic for one reason or another. Today is our batshit crazy episode, so... We're going to talk about why something becomes famous, batshit crazy. I think what makes a batshit crazy episode is something where, like, like, why did they do this? Like, who thought this was a good idea? Yeah, and sometimes it's just things that don't make any sense <laughs> at all. So for today's episode, we're looking back at an episode of Charlie's Angels from Season 1, Episode 3, called Night of the Strangler. Once upon a time, there were three little girls who went to the police academy, and they were each assigned very hazardous duties. But I took them away from all that, and now they work for me. My name is Charlie. For those that don't know, Charlie's Angels is a series that lasted from 1976 to 1981. It was on for five seasons. It followed a bunch of lady cops who then were recruited to be private investigators by a a mysterious voice man named Charles Townsend, a.k.a. Charlie. And they solve, you know, various crimes with their assistant Bosley. Alright, so in this episode of Charlie's Angels, there's a fashion model named Dana who unfamily looks like Kelly, one of the angels, and she's in this unscrupulous affair with this fashion designer, Claire, and wants to break it off because he won't leave his crazy wife. Um, you see her breaking it off and she goes up to her hotel room and she gets strangled and killed. But she's not just killed by any means. Oh no. She's strangled with a ragdoll of a clown so it's pretty creepy this clown it's one of those like old style like clown dolls yeah and it just brings up like why do you even need to kill someone with a rag doll i know it would seem easier to just use like your hands or a garage or something or a rope anything (laughs) anything but no like he's taking this long rag doll and wrapping it around her neck it kind of looks like the poltergeist doll i've never seen that movie but um it is that creepy clown and it kind of looks like that (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, the angels take the case and they end up infiltrating this um, modeling agency. Yeah, and so his his wife is there and she sees Kelly and she's like, "Oh hell no!" Because she looks exactly like Dana and she knows about the affair and she's kind of drunk anyways. I think she's like an alcoholic, so she's like, Mm-mm. and she sees like her husband making the eyes at her. And he, especially when he tells her that I'm going to put Kelly in the white bikini. And she was like, oh, hell no, I'm wearing the white bikini. And first, her wife 
looks like way for us to find. Like, she's, she's like she's like in her mid forties and that's early fifties. Nice. Yeah, like, <laughs> is she wearing a Charlie's Angel bikini? Like no. no. <laughs> So, we don't know why she's having these delusions of grandeur and, <laughs> or whatever, but all of a sudden she just goes crazy when she sees Kelly in the beginning. And she, like, just is like, I'm just gonna fight this bitch. And, like, lunges at her, but Kelly sees it coming, because she, you know, she was had that police training. And classic sidestep, and, like, she ends up in the pool. Well, yeah, well, she, she's, they tussle for a bit, and, yeah, she ends up pushing her ass in the pool. So, her the husband tries to pull her down, say, okay, you can wear the bikini, like, because the pool wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, and then, so she goes off to, like, change or whatever, and then that's when the Ripper comes again. So we have a slew of potential suspects that the angels are investigating, first and foremost, of course, is St. Clair, but he has an alibi that his car got towed during uh, Dana's murder, and he was there during his wife's murder, so he's kind of, uh, then we got the photographer at the modeling agency, and we find out some shit about him. He's kind of rapey um, while they're investigating him, but he's got a picture of some models that, like, with their faces crossed off, and so we're like, eek, eek. Plus, he did a bunch of porn and stuff, so he's, like... Directed, not starting. Industry. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> And then we got the business partner who is also super male chauvinistic 70s, like trying to get with the girls when um, they're talking to him. And then there's this like Taylor guy who is straight out of like Scooby-Doo. Like not the one that did it, but the one you think did it just because he's creepy, but it's actually kind of nice. Um, so the girls are invest all the happenings and then this other model gets attacked. Boom, boom, boom. Andy. So Candy gets attacked, but uh, one of the angels is there to stop Kelly, it. and <laughs> then yeah, so there she's there to stop it, and they realize that it was Alex Van who then tried to run them over as she was helping Candy, and then they later found it abandoned on the side of the road or something. So one of the angels is kind of getting close to this Taylor guy, who turns out to be really nice. Jill. And <laughs> so they're out to dinner, and. Um, he gets called away, and she's, like, waiting around, and, like, hella time passes, like, did he fall in? <laughs> he, like, he escaped <laughs> out the bathroom window. Like, oh, what the hell? And then, so he asks the guy, and he's like, oh, he goes to the church a lot. I'm like, he just got on me to go to the church? Like, what the fuck? On so Sarah? How dare he? So she goes over to the church, and there's, like, a note on the wall. Says, well, it says to the police, and then it says... When you open it, it's like, I killed them. I killed them all. And then she opens the, like, confessional door, and there's Hines slumped over with a doll in his hand. So the angels are like, what the fuck? Because Jill's like, he did not do that. Because he's Catholic, he's not gonna, he's very devout, he's not gonna kill himself. But they find all the dolls at his house, and I'm still like, what is with the dolls? Why do you have to kill with the dolls? Where did you get this bulk amount of dolls? Because it's not like so they use the one doll in like every murder. Oh no! He left There's them at the crime scene. Doll, yeah. And I mean, same exact doll, but a new one for each murder because they leave it at the crime scene. So apparently, they like got the bulk order. <laughs> like creepy, they got the wholesale. They got the creepy <laughs> clown doll at Costco. <laughs> like 
1999, you get one clown dolls that nobody wants. He could have chose the, like, uh, my buddy, you know, like, in Child's Play, but no, he went with the creepy clown ragdoll. Super creepy. <laughs> so, they're like, what, what the hell is going on? Um, so, the angels kind of, like, have a powwow and sort of figure out. They start piecing the puzzle, as Ghost Rider would say. They piece the puzzle, <laughs> and so they contact each of the guys and are like, we got some dirt on you. You need to meet us at the modeling agency or whatever. And so they go. Basically, they're kind of hide in the wings and let them t- they see Alec, the photographer, in St. Clair. And they're kind of ch- chatting. They're like, what do these girls have on us? And then they're like, well, it doesn't matter. We're going to blame it all on the other guy, Woodman. And then Woodman shows up and is like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing? What do you mean you're going to blame it on me? I didn't do this. I like kill. the businessman or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so long story short, they kind of all did. Like, each one did one. So it turns out that a St. Clair of a designer killed um, Dana. And then uh, Woodman, the, the business partner, killed the wife. And then Alec tried to kill Candy, but he... Kelly stopped him in the act. And then the angels find out that, oh, because basically that uh, St. Clair had a life insurance policy for $2 million. It was a lot of money back in the 70s on his wife. And basically, like, he cut those other two in saying, I'll give you a portion of the money if you help me kill my wife. And Bossy still is confused and has no idea who did it. So that's the end. Basically, they all did it and they go into jail. Because Candy's still alive and she got testified. But at the same time, no one still knows what the fuck is up with the damn ragdoll. <laughs> yeah, they never really explain. I'm, like, I'm the type of person I watch a lot of, like, you know, Law and Order and shit. And so the forensic like, files. This is very, like, I needed to know the criminal mind's explanation <laughs> for the goddamn ragdoll. Because yeah. you don't just, like, like... Was he, like, molested by a ragdoll as a child? Like, I don't know. Because, like, why... I pick a ragdoll. It seems like an extra effort <laughs> to to use a ragdoll. So, like, what is the like Freudian theory behind? <laughs> Maybe his mom beat him with a ragdoll. Rag like, Why who do knows? You have all these ragdolls? Maybe he was a clown in a former life and just has a clown thing. I don't know. I mean, I don't think his shoes were that big. <laughs> Well, the one guy had a van. Maybe they were yeah. trying to pack. Well, he was the rapist, so the rapist had the rapist van. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but I just, I wanted to know why the ragdoll. Yeah. I was sadly disappointed. Yeah, unfortunately, they never explained it. And that's the end of the episode. In a way, this kind of reminded me of um, Agatha Christie's The ABC Murders. I've never read the book, but I've uh, played the video game and I've watched, like, the couple of years ago they had a um adaptation for the bbc um with john malkovich but it actually wasn't that good because they changed a bunch of stuff but whatever it reminded me of that because basically in that story like there's a bunch of murders but the person who did the murders only really did it because he was trying to hide one murder so he was using the others as a cover-up pretty much he set up another guy to try to take the fall but then they didn't so what were your final thoughts besides What's up with the clowns? <laughs> I mean, I've never really watched Charlie's Angels too much before, so this was kind of different for me. I mean, it's super 70s, and, like, the male chauvinism was all over the place. Like, there was a super, like, rapey scene with that one guy because they were trying to bait him. 
lot of like trying to bait these guys into like you know using my feminine charms to get um the guys to tell me things and so it was kind of interesting in that sense um but overall i guess i'm just used to more like straight prime drama so it was really kind of weird in that sense <laughs> yeah i get it um i love charlie's angels um i've watched it for a long time i have the dvds you know they're like ass-kicking chicks who like you know they're like independent they take down bad guys and stuff and that's cool Okay, so now we're going to explore the Braden basement and basically, like, chat about just um, random things that come to mind. So, in this instance, like, some toys that were really creepy when we were kids. Like, the clown doll in this thing. I just find clowns creepy in general. Yes, <laughs> clowns are very creepy. <laughs> um, um, especially since I saw it. I mean, I've never really been afraid of clowns, but I just appreciate their creepiness. Like, yeah. Or do not appreciate her creepy. Well, yeah. <laughs> and dolls in general, too, can be super creepy, depending on how the faces are drawn. I mean, I know I remember watching a movie at a slumber party about how, like, these dolls came to life and killed a bunch of people. Common theme. <laughs> but, but I was never really afraid of dolls as kids so much. My mom has this, like, three-foot big patty play pal doll and i was never really afraid of it but it's really funny because a few years back uh i was visiting my friend's house and i'm white and she's black because ebony and ivory go together in perfect harmony anyway so uh i'm walking in and i glance into the side room and i look up on the shelf and what is there but the african-american version of the patty play pal doll like literally it is exactly the same and i started like cracking the fuck up because it was hilarious <laughs> still slightly creepy but hilarious it, and i can't believe her mom had the exact same doll yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah as a kid i wasn't too scared of toys but our parents like let us watch like a lot of totally inappropriate television for children yeah they didn't censor anything <laughs> so i remember watching this tv movie as a kid where like there's this artist and he like paints uh, art with blood and stuff so i have this really weird fascination with blood and art so I, I, we're really desensitized to these types of things so yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think we need to listen to some tunes now so let's move along to our next segment For our next segment is our music spotlight, where our theme of the week is killer songs. <laughs> and our first song on the list is Bobby Darren's Mac the Knife. Can someone sneak him round a corner? Could that someone be Mac the Knife? Which I know is a personal favorite of yours. That's my favorite song. I love, I mean, not my favorite song, but like. One of your favorite songs. One of my favorite songs. I, I love that people think it's just like an old timey, like nice song and like have no idea that it's about a serial killer. Like <laughs> it, it makes me happy. Um, and I like the imagery of the, just the oozing life. <laughs> um, the next song is one I picked. It's um, Talking Heads Psycho Killer. 
And um, I picked that because, you know, it's classic. And um, they use it, like, in all the, like, <laughs> creepy movies. And it's a good. So the next one that we picked was Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal. Because apparently Annie ain't okay. <laughs> She's not okay, Annie. If you have to ask her 24 times, she ain't okay. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Next on the list uh, is a personal pick of mine, which is a Twisted Sister. You better run for oh, I your life. life. Anyone wonders if she wonders that he wonders about her. Well, darling, you'd better run for your life. Wait, is best heard on the live at Hammersmith version because that was my like jam in high school um so and the last pick of the five is um another one that I picked which is the power station murderous get a kick-ass Andy Taylor guitar solo and um talking about more about a woman murderer but whatever I still put it with this it's about a woman going for the jugular and our honorable mention of course is Aerosmith's Ragdoll Ragdoll living in a movie hot that is in cutie you're so fine I never see you leaving by the back door because look come on it's a ragdoll killer and that's it for our music spotlight. Um, if you want to hear the songs in full, you can go to our website where we have a Spotify playlist and check them out. Okay. And that does it for the first episode of the Spunky and Snarky Show. Thanks for listening to our super unprofessional podcast. Ooh, thumbs up. <laughs> if you'd like to drop us a line or request a show or movie, you can email us at spunky n the letter n snarky show at gmail.com or you can go check us out on our website at spunky n the letter n snarky show dot wordpress.com because we're poor and we can't afford a domain right now so (laughs) so again thanks for listening and have a good one bye-bye